We reign by grace. We reign by grace. We reign over circumstances. We reign over situations. We reign over sicknesses. We reign over broken hearts. We reign over empty bank accounts. We reign over droughts. We reign over whatever comes by grace. By grace. By grace. Not by law. Okay. Unto us, child is born, son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders. What's that government? Is that government law? Or is that government grace? That government is grace. That government is not law. So we know that by laws, countries operate. You know, and you see those people uh, in, in police and in, uh, in army and so on, they have these stripes on their shoulders. Come from that scripture. The government, government shall be upon their shoulder. The stars, you know, all the things. All right. The government shall be upon their shoulder. But we don't reign and subdue by law. There can be little benefit in that in the natural. But it has no spiritual benefit whatsoever. And it is always temporary. <laughs> but by grace, it's permanent. By grace, when we receive something by grace, it's permanent. Okay. So, in the beginning, God made Adam in his image, in his likeness. Right? Adam never tasted of the tree of knowledge of good and evil yet or from the tree of life. Adam was a natural man, sinless man. Okay? So he was natural. Remember we read last night, the natural came first and then the spiritual. So the natural Adam, the spiritual Jesus, right? So Adam was a natural man. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis, uh, God blew his breath into him and he stood up a living soul. Okay? So Adam was a natural man. But he, he never tasted of sin. He didn't taste sin. He didn't know about knowledge of good and evil. Until one day. Alright. So what happened was he partook of the knowledge of good and evil. But he did not yet reach out to eat of the tree of life. So he partook of the tree of knowledge with his wife. And God took them out of the garden. It says so in Genesis chapter 3. Lest they stretch forth and partake of the tree of life and live forever. Okay. So if Adam ate from the tree of life there, he would have been living forever in a, in a fallen state. Living forever stuck in the natural. Living forever stuck in, in sickness and death. So Jesus, uh, oh God, kept him to one side. Later Jesus came. He took all that knowledge of good and evil. Okay? In Matthew it says, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, he says, Behold, the axe lies at the root of the tree. Okay? So the knowledge of good and evil was chopped down at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And the way was opened to the tree of life. So now we can enter. Because the sin question has been dealt with on the cross, we can now enter in and eat of the tree of life and live forever without sin because Jesus paid the price. So the way is now open. We can now enter into the presence, into paradise, right here, right now, by grace. So the way into the tree of life is grace. It's by the cross. It's by the blood of Christ. Okay? Now, when we enter to the tree of life, we find life. Okay. By grace we go in and we receive life. Okay. That enables us to rule and reign over all things. 
Okay, in the beginning, what did God say? Let us make man. Let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every creeping thing on the face of the earth. So God made the earth and he subjected the earth to Adam. Adam, you rule. And Adam made a mess. Adam submitted himself to the word of the devil. Okay, so Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 12 says, Therefore as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death as the result of sin, so death spread to all men. Okay, so Adam sinned. Death came in. Before Adam, there was no death. Adam sinned. Death came in. Adam was the ruler. So because Adam partook of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, remember what God said. Don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil because in that day you will die. Okay. So death came in. Alright. So Jesus said, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have life. Jesus says, if you partake of this sacrifice that I bring of myself, you will live forever. Okay. So... As Adam partook of the knowledge of good and evil, we now partake of the grace given to us by the cross, by His broken body and His poured out blood. And life comes to us. The tree of life. Okay. Alright, so Adam ruled and reigned. He submitted himself to the devil. So God cannot go back on His own word. He cannot go back on His own word. Alright? So what He did was He started speaking to people. He started speaking to people. Abraham, I'm going to bless you until all the nations of the world is blessed through you. Abraham, come. Come out of your tent. Look up. What do you see? Oh, stars. Oh, that your seed will be like the stars of heaven. And Abraham believed. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. So God looked for a man on the earth. To believe in. In order to do something on the earth. Because he gave authority to man. Later on. Well, he said. After... He first made a promise. You can read the whole thing in Galatians 3. He made a promise to Abraham saying, in, all, in your seed will all the nations of the earth be blessed. Later on he said, uh, I will make a covenant with your seed. Okay. So first a promise, then a covenant. The covenant came after the promise. The covenant does not make void the promise. Okay, so say I I tell you, I promise I will give you 20 rand. I promise. Then later I say, if you sweep the floor, I will give you 20 rand. Does it make void the first promise? No, No, it's a completely different agreement. So the first one is still valid. So then later, if you work, maybe you get 20 rand, but then because of the promise, you get it anyway for free. Do do you get what I'm saying? So God made a promise. And then later He said, I will make a covenant with your seed. But first, they must be slaves for 400 years in a foreign land. So His seed became slaves in Egypt. And they were groaning and groaning and groaning and groaning. And God said, I have Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. So I came down to to save them. Okay? Moses, I heard them. He didn't just come out and take them out of Egypt. He said, Moses. Moses, you come, take off your shoes, I'm speaking to you now, you're on holy ground. Go to them, 
and speak to them, then Moses had some reasons not to go. Oh, I don't speak well. I don't speak well. Remember? Okay. Moses. Moses. Speaking out of a burning bush. Or maybe, maybe just says, Moses. Hey, Moses. <laughs> but God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush. He says, go there. Lead my people out. God didn't go and lead these people out. God said, Moses, you go. I will be with you. So then he led the people out. So they, well, you know, the whole thing of the ten plagues and everything, and then they went. <laughs> Short story. <laughs> so they came to the Red Sea. Now the whole Egyptian army. Now that's the biggest superpower of that day. <coughs> Imagine you and, and some of your people stand there at the Zambezi River or at the Kariba Dam, and here comes the whole of the American army. All of them, all their choppers, all their planes, all their bombs, everything, all they come charging. And here's the water. What do you do? <laughs> you know what happened? There was a cloud of fire. And the cloud moved. And it stood between them. Moses said, Stand and see the salvation the Lord brings about for you today. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. So, uh, God says to Moses, Why do you cry unto me? Stretch out your hand and divide the sea. Who divided the sea? God divided the sea. But God would not divide the sea if Moses did not stretch out his hands. Do you see how God is working? Do you see that human beings have a role to play here? Okay. Moses, stretch out your hand. Small thing. Big thing. Small action. Big results. Why? God is with him. God is with him. Okay. So they went through the desert. Well, first through the Red Sea. The Red Sea buried their past. Their past tried to get them. The Egyptians. They went through the water. First Corinthians 6 says they were baptized into Moses. And then the Egyptians came and the sea closed. Do you think, you know, just think about this from the Egyptian side. The guy who opened the sea can close it too. Now there they go behind them. <laughs> Not a smart move. Okay, so here the sea opened. Here they come with all their chariots. Moses just goes. Gone is the whole superpower. Gone is the whole army. And on the other side of the river is the Egyptians, uh, is the, the Israelites with all the gold of the Egyptians. The whole Egyptian economy collapsed. Nothing left. Because all the gold, all the precious stones, everything was with the Israelites. They walked away loaded. So the Egyptians was left without an army and without a cent. The slaves left with the gold. That's what happens when God turns the captivity of people. When God turned the captivity of Zion, we were like them who dream. And our mouths were filled with laughter. Yeah, surely God has great things. Great things. Have you ever thought you're in bondage? Have you ever thought you're in slavery? If it, maybe it's just the job that you don't like. Maybe it's a situation at home. Maybe you just feel not good enough. Maybe you feel insecure. Do you know that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there 
is liberty. Do you know that you've been led out of captivity? Do you know that you are in Christ? Do you know that you are free? You are free. You are free. Where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. There is liberty. How can this be? By the Holy Ghost. How can this be? By the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Don't try to break free. Don't try to break free. Yield to the Holy Ghost. Yield to the Holy Spirit. He is your freedom. In yielding to Him, every word you speak carries power. Turn to Romans 5. So let's read a little bit. Okay, we started at verse 12. So sin came into the world, death through sin. Verse 13. To be sure, sin was in the world before ever the law was given. But sin is not charged to men's account where there is no law to transgress. Okay. Back to the beginning. Back to, to Adam. Okay. There was no law to transgress. The law wasn't given yet. There was no law to transgress. Okay. Romans 4. For the law results in divine wrath. Verse 15. But where there is no law, there is no transgression of it either. God said, don't eat of the tree, otherwise you die. They ate of the tree, death came. So now, God wants to save man. But... Man has authority. Now what? Now God has no jurisdiction to say anything because He gave authority to man and man subjected himself to the devil. Now what now? So God started speaking. Abraham, let me tell you something. Moses, come. Let's start with a plan. Okay. So... Out of the seed of Abraham, God started a nation that He used to bring salvation to the world. So He said, Moses, come up to the mountain. Okay, so the mountain was on fire. You know Mount Horeb, where the law was given. The mountain was on fire. So God spoke the law to Moses. Moses wrote it down on, yeah. on stone tablets. God spoke the law to Moses. Yeah. Okay. So here comes Moses. You know, the people said, please don't speak to God. Please don't speak. Moses, you go up and speak to God. Yeah. Okay. So here comes Moses. He comes down to the mountain now. Exodus chapter 24. All right. And Moses says, he repeats what God said to him. These are the things that God commands you to do this day. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. They all answered in one voice. We will do these things and we will be obedient. Yeah. Okay. Then he wrote it in the book of the law. The book of the covenant. And he sprinkled. Well, And, then, and he read in their hearing everything. And again in one voice. They answered. We shall do the things that God commands us this day and we shall be obedient. You can see it up. Exodus chapter 24. And he sprinkled them with blood. He sprinkled the altar with blood. And he sprinkled the book with blood. Sealed. Now, now you need to remember, the whole of humanity is under death. But now this group of people, the seed of Abraham, is under the law. Only then is under this covenant. The rest of the world under death. Okay? So God brought a contract. A contract. He contracted with them. Because they had the authority. He couldn't just do it. He contracted with them. He says, if, if you do these things, I will do these things. They said, we will be obedient. We will do it. Meeting of the mind. Contract. So... In the law of contracts, I studied law. In the law of contracts, you get penalty clauses. 
if party A doesn't do what he said he would do, then party B can institute some penalties. Okay, so they said, we will be obedient. Ha ha, that's a joke. I mean, the first corner, they came, they made a golden calf. We shall be obedient. First day, they messed it up. A couple of scriptures says that we know that no one will be justified by dependence on the law. The just shall live by faith. No one shall be justified by dependence on the law. Okay, so now there's a problem because they have obligations according to this law, this contract, this, this covenant. No one could keep it. So penalty was due. Bam. And that penalty was death. So the law was designed for a purpose to be impossible. The law was designed for a purpose to bring you to punishment. To bring you to death. That's the function of the law. Because now sin could be punished. Before the law, sin could not be punished. Now the law was there. Everyone transgressed it. Now there was jurisdiction. Sin could now be punished. Okay? And then the angel appeared to a virgin. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will bear a child and his name will be Jesus. Okay? So here comes Jesus. The Word became flesh. When he was 12 years old, they went to Jerusalem to be taxed. They couldn't find him. They were already on their way back. They couldn't find him. When they found him in the temple, reciting the law, teaching the scribes, 12 years old. There he fulfills the law's commandment, Bar Mitzvah, son of the law. When he was 30 years old, he got baptized. Now in the Jewish tradition, you get of age when you're 30 years old. He was baptized when he got, got out of the water. Matthew chapter 3. The heavens opened. The Holy Spirit came down upon him in the form of a lighting and a dove. And God the Father spoke from heaven. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. So now there was a man on the earth full of God who could rule and reign the kingdom of God in righteousness on this earth. Full authority. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell there. Now, there's Jesus. Okay. Just quickly page to Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 2. But in the last of these days, He has spoken to us in the person of His Son, whom He appointed heir and lawful owner of all things also by and through whom He created the worlds and reaches of space and ages and time. 2 verse 8, For you have put everything in subjection under His feet. Everything under His feet. Here He walks, Jesus the Son of God. And from that moment when the Holy Spirit came, signs, wonders, miracles. So now, now you get it. There's a, a group of people under the law. And none of them could keep the law. The punishment of sin was due at the fullness of time. At the fitting time. Christ died for the ungodly. So the fullness of time. The, the fruitage of the vine. The, the fruit of sin was fully ripe. And he brought his sickle and he reaped the fruit of sin and he put it in the wine press, you know? In, in Revelation. And he trod the grapes outside the city. The anger of the Lord. He said, who is this that comes from Basra? Isaiah 63. This raiment stained with blood. It is the Lord. Okay. The sin was due so Jesus said, let it come upon me. Yeah. So the law was designed 
to make sin punishable, to give jurisdiction to bring punishment to sin. And then God sent His Son, let that punishment come upon me. Let me take all of it. Let me absorb all of the wrath. Let me take it. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. I will bear the burden for all humanity for all times. Then the gospel was first preached to those who were party to the covenant, to the Jews. The gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. To the Jew first, but also the Greek. It came to them first, but they rejected Him. Then it went to the Gentiles. We are all Gentiles. We just say, thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that you paid the price. Thank you that you went through all the ages and generations. Thank you that you, that you fulfilled everything that was written about you in the volume of the book. Thank you that you absorbed all the wrath. Thank you that you took everything that the law had to dish out. Jesus fulfilled every last letter and dot of the law's punishment. And He completely, completely fulfilled it and did it. There is now nothing left that needs to be fulfilled under the law of Moses. It is finished. So today, if we want authority, if we want power, our, our approach cannot be the law of Moses. Because it is finished. It has already been done. Okay, let me give you this example. Say for instance, I say to Prophet William, Prophet William, I will give you, I don't know, let's make it a lot, 500,000 Rand. And you give me your BMW. Okay? I give you 500,000, you give me your BMW. Right. Now, we put it in paper. Yeah. I, Gareth, will pay 500,000 Rand. Uh, I, William, will pay, will, will give my BMW in exchange. It's a transaction of sale. Okay? So now, okay, if you don't give, this will happen. If you don't pay, that will happen. Yeah. Sign, sign, sign. Contract. Yeah. Okay. But now I pay and he gives. I, I have the car and he has the money. Yeah. It's now finished. Yeah. What can you now do with that document? Nothing. Nothing. What are you going to force in court with that thing? In legal terms, it's called perfecta. It's perfect. It's finished. It's clear. Finish and clear. It's finished. So, <laughs> so that thing, if you buy an ice cream at the shop, no one can force you to pay once you've already paid. No one can force him to give the ice cream if he's already given the ice cream. It's over. So Jesus paid the price for the sin of the world, fulfilling the whole of the law and the prophets. It is done. It is finished. The price is paid. Nothing is lacking. Nothing is outstanding. Nothing is outstanding. Our approach to God can only be by grace. There is no other way to come close to Him. There is one door. There is one way. There is one truth. Jesus Christ. Death is not the way to the Father. Jesus is the way to the Father. Nothing is... I mean, Jesus said, John 10, I am the door. So if He's the door, let's enter through. So let's stop trying to find keys to everything. Let's just go through the door. <laughs> Everyone is key. Uh, this key to this, this. No, the door is standing open in heaven. Re Revelation chapter 4. I saw a door standing open in heaven. What do you need keys for? The door's open. Keys for what? The door is open. Okay. So by grace, you can enter to the tree of life. By grace you can partake of the fruit of life 
by grace you can live. By grace you can live in the Holy of Holies, close to the Father on the throne. Romans 5 verse 17, listen to this. For if because of one man's trespass, this is Adam, death reigned through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Not reign as king in death, in life. Not one day in heaven, God reigns, reigns in heaven, you reign here. We don't go to try and reign in heaven. God reigns in heaven. We are here to bring heaven to earth. His authority, His kingdom must be here. Father, let your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. But everyone wants to take the rapture away. Oh God, just snatch us out of this wicked world before it contaminates us. What kind of a gospel is that? I mean, what about all the people around us? We are not, we are not called to judge them and escape. We are called to bring the gospel to them to, so they can be saved. We have something that needs to spread to them. We have life. They need to be affected. We have salvation. They need to be influenced. The people around us. Okay. Those who receive the abundance of grace. So after the cross, God's grace is abundant. It's abundant. It's abundant. It's abundant. It's abundant. Last verse of Romans chapter 5. Where sin, uh, abundant, where sin abounded, grace has surpassed it. And super abounded is the king, the, the amplified. I love that. Super abounded. So where, where sin was there, grace was more. So grace is always more than the sin. Because the grace makes the sin go down. The law makes the sin go up. The law tells you, you must not steal, you must not steal, you must not steal. So you're thinking, steal, 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 uh, uh, steal, uh, I'm, I'm going to steal. But the, yeah, then I'm stealing, oh, I mustn't steal, then I feel bad, and then that thing is even stronger. Tomorrow I want to steal more. And the whole thing, I mean, the whole thing is a trap. The more I read what I'm not supposed to do, the more I want to do those things. Okay? And so do you. <laughs> but the grace kills the sinful desire. Nips it in the butt. You know, like when you put a match in the water. That's what it does. Sin is burning. Oh, there's grace. It's gone. It's just gone. So when we receive grace, it removes the sinful desire. It, it reigns over it. Because Christ conquered on the cross. So those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness will reign as kings in life. So therefore, if you believe the, the message of the grace that your sins are forgiven, that you stand holy before God right now. If you get out of condemnation and never be conscious of anything you've ever done wrong in your life, ever, the result will be that you will reign as a king in life in Christ Jesus. So that means the less you remember your sin, the more your words have power. The less you are conscious of your sin, the more your words have power. So now you stand before someone and you're praying and suddenly your conscience says, ah, you remember what you said this morning? No, oh God, I'm so sorry. Oh, now we start repenting. Now we start confessing our sin. But there's the sick guy. What does he have to do with my sin? Nothing. 
said, now I get distracted. Oh, Lord, I'm so sorry about this. Oh, I'm so sorry. Just, you know, we might as well just go home. Nothing's going to happen. But if you realize, hey, I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. And now you stand up boldly in the Lord. And there's a sick person. And you take his hands like, oh, I'm not conscious of anything I did wrong. I'm just conscious of Jesus and the blood of Christ. Be healed. Healed. I'm conscious of Jesus and Jesus heals them all. Healed. So if I now minister and here comes my conscience. Do you remember what you said this morning? I said, oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, thank you for your blood, Jesus. And the guy's healed. Just because you get a thought doesn't mean you have to take it. Do not accuse yourself. Those who receive grace, so grace must be received daily. And the free gift of righteousness. So you need to constantly hear that you are the righteousness of God, that your sins are forgiven. Receive it daily. Those guys will reign as kings in life. You holy, blood-washed, perfect, super clean saints of God. You powerful, glorious sons of God. Isn't it wonderful? God addresses us as sons because we believe in His blood. Isn't it wonderful? Now we have access. We can come close to the Father. No one has, the Holy Spirit doesn't remember us and we don't remember us. And Oh, thank you, Father. We thank you for your love. And then there's a sickness. Oh, what's the sickness doing here? Get out, sickness. Oh, bless you. You're healed. That's the life. A life conscious of Christ where you forget your past. Okay. So reigning in Christ means you receive grace and you receive the free gift of righteousness. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4. Now something else comes into this mix. It's called rest. It's called rest. Rest means the following. You stop working. Stop trying by the law. And you rest in what Jesus did for you. Okay, so if you've worked the whole day, you've been on your feet the whole day, working, 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 maybe you're even planting millies and you're working the whole day. Working, 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 you're tired. Oh, it's a hot day. You go home. What do you do? You sit down. You rest. You don't go lie down, you sit down. First thing you do. You sit down and then you drink something nice. Okay? Let's read. Therefore, while the promise of entering His rest still holds and is offered today, let us be afraid to distrust it. So God's promise is still valid and He says you can enter His rest today. Don't distrust the promise. Lest any of you should think He has come too late and has come short of reaching it. For indeed we have had the glad tidings proclaimed to us just as truly as they, the Israelites of old, did when the good news of deliverance from bondage came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. This is important. They came through the Red Sea. They went into the desert. They came right there to the River Jordan. They sent their spies. They came back. Ten said, no, big giants, we can't do it. Two said, hey, if God said, we can take this land, we can take this land. All right. So they went on democracy, majority vote, and they decided, no, we're not taking it back. Forty years around the mountain. Forty years. Forty years. Forty years. In circles, in circles, in circles, not going anywhere. In the desert, forty years. Forty years. Until all of those who didn't believe was gone. Then they came to the River Jordan again. Joshua and Caleb. Forty years later, they were just as strong as when Moses laid hands on them. Okay. So if you read in the book of Joshua 1, he says, God speaks to Joshua and says, Now, take this, these Israelites and cross this Jordan now. 
and as and they they took the ark and as the priest's feet touched the water whoosh, it opened and they walked through and all the cities conquered jericho all those people they fainted they were scared because here comes these people they were even scared long before when they came through the red sea okay it says now we heard the gospel the good news ne? the promise of entering the rest just as much as the Israelites heard the good news of going out of Egypt to the promised land but they never received the benefit of it because they didn't believe it so today it's the same you can receive the benefit of the gospel by believing you can receive the reigning power you can receive everything the throne life you can receive everything by simply believing what God says by not finding excuses by simply hearing and doing believing him when he tells you of good things to come believing him when he tells you of the powerful things he's done on the cross for you all right it says neither were they united in faith with the ones Joshua and Caleb who heard and did believe okay for we who have believed do enter that rest in accordance with his declaration that those who did not believe shall not enter his rest okay so we who do believe do enter the rest verse 6 seeing then that the promise remains over from past times for some to enter that rest that those who formerly were given the good news about it failed to appropriate it and did not enter because of disobedience now verse 7 again he sets a definite day a new today so I'm telling you it's time it's time now it's time today to enter the rest he says God gives another opportunity of securing that rest saying through David today if you would hear his voice and when you hear it do not harden your hearts so if our hearts are open and we hear his voice how many times in the book of Revelation if anyone has an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the churches let him hear if anyone has an ear to hear let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches let us open our hearts and receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness all right verse 10 for he who has once entered God rest has also ceased from the weariness and pain of human labors just as God rest okay did you hear that if you enter the rest you cease from the weariness of human labors so you don't try by the law you don't work you don't sweat you don't try there's no curse you cease from work you rest verse 11 let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest that no one may fall by the same kind of unbelief as the Israelites okay for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power making it active operative energizing effective it is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life the soul in the immortal spirit and the joints and marrow of the deepest parts of our nature exposing sifting analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart okay so the word is alive okay he says strive to enter the rest how do I do that oh the Word of God is alive the Word of God is alive <coughs> receive the word of his grace abundance of grace free gifts of righteousness that's how you enter the rest okay so that you know this this chapter is about the rest and it's about the word all right okay let's go on not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight but all things are open and exposed okay so he knows everything all right inasmuch then as we have a high priest who is already ascended and passed through the heavens Jesus the Son of God let us hold fast of our, to our confession of faith in him okay for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses infirmities and liabilities to the assaults of temptation but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are yet without sinning so if you are going through something if you experiencing some stuff guess what Jesus is not mad at you he sympathizes with you he has compassion on you 
And then He wants you to enter the rest so that you can share in the glory that He prepared for you that He died for on the cross. Now, I said all of this so I can read this verse to you. So here we go. Let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. The throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, well-timed help, coming just when we need it. So the throne of God is the throne of grace. If you receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you reign. Where do you reign from? A throne. Okay. Ephesians 2 says, We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So where is Christ seated? On the throne. In heavenly places. So if we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, places where are we in Christ on the throne we are in Christ and we are on the throne okay so get this we are used to having this picture we come to the throne of grace oh oh can I have a little bit of grace can I have a oh give me a little bit of grace oh please give me some grace We come to the throne begging for grace. Let's say this is a this is a throne. This is a throne. This is the heavens. The door is standing open, spirit says come up higher. Revelation chapter four. So let us boldly draw near to the throne of grace. How do we do that? We boldly draw near to the throne of grace you go there to sit not to beg you go there to sit on the throne of grace with Christ in heavenly places resting from human labors what do you do when you've worked you go sit down and you sit and you rest Ah, now I'm in a place of authority, at rest, in Christ, in fellowship with Him. So now I simply say the word and it happens. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, under the influence of grace, yielded to the Spirit of God, we just speak a word and it happens. You don't have to beg God. He has put all things under your feet. Receive grace and say what you want. Receive grace and speak to the cancer. Receive grace and speak to the debts. Receive grace and start prophesying over your life. Start saying the word of God. Resting. Stop worrying. Stop fearing. Rest in the righteousness of God. And speak the word of God. Prophesy over your life. It's so easy. And it's by grace. It's not by effort. It's not in speaking blah, 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 blah. It's in resting on the throne and speaking from a position in Christ. Hebrews chapter 1. Verse 3, He is the sole expression of the glory of God. You want to see the glory of God? Look at Jesus. The light being, (laughs) the outraying or the radiance of the divine, and He is the perfect imprint in the very image of God's nature. Upholding, maintaining, guiding, propelling the universe by His mighty word of power. So everything is guided from His throne with a word of power. Everything. And now look what he's done. Remember Jesus came down and he did everything. He rolled up his sleeves and he got involved to save you. He didn't just sit there. He came. He came and he suffered and he took your pain. He rolled up his sleeves and he got dirty. He did it. To save you. 
So now he says, When he had by offering himself accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high, taking a place in a rank by which he himself became as much superior to angels as the glorious name which he has inherited is different from and more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? So God says to us today, My son, come and sit on your throne in Christ Jesus. Receive this grace. Enter in. Come and rest. Come and rest. So Jesus, after He had done everything for us, He rested. He sat down. As the Father sat down after He made creation, Jesus came. Resting, sat down. After he had accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the divine majesty on high. Okay? So, because, and now he's taking on a rank that is higher than all the angels because God never said to an angel, you are my son. But he said to Jesus, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. But you are one with Christ. He's the firstborn of many brethren. Firstborn of all creation, says Ephesians. That means you are sons. As many as believed on His name gave you power to become sons of God. You are sons. You are sons seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You are sons because you have received grace. You have received righteousness. You are sons. You are born of God. Your word is the angel's command. Your, your, your command is, the, is what the angels will go and do. Oh. Whatever you say in rest, trusting in Jesus and the finished work will be immediately performed by the angels. <laughs> Whatever you say, resting in the righteousness of God, happens. When you need something, it doesn't help to get agitated. Rest in Christ. Rest in Christ. Matthew chapter 6, it says, be anxious for nothing. Who by being anxious can add one unit to his stature or to the span of his life? By being anxious. So rest. Rest in Christ. And you will reign as kings in life. You are the rulers of this earth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I believe everything on this earth is under our command. Everything you want to see changed is subject to your words. We can pray with power and see results. We can prophesy with power and see results. In Jesus' name.